there must be a better way. There must be a better way to describe things, to arrange words, and a new way to use words to take you to a place beyond words. There must be. Hey, hey, hey. It's uh, Forrest Hall here. And this is uh, Real Church Matters, where we talk real church matters because... Real church. Real church matters. Real church matters. You, you, get, you don't have to eat it, though. You just skip yeah. right in. Okay, there you go. So, as you can hear, I'm not by myself. I'm here with my lovely nephew. How you doing, Solomon? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Today's been a perfect day. Cannot complain. It's, it's a-okay. <laughs> okay. Let me get to the housekeeping before you go too weird on me. <laughs> so, um, as always, it's realchurchmatters.com, Real Church Matters, the website where we talk. Uh, we have the uh, podcast there. Um, you can listen to it on Spotify. You can listen to it on um, iHeartMedia. You can listen to it on Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, where you get your podcast fixed from. Appreciate everybody that's uh, consistently listening. The people who are day ones, the people who are day 3072, the people who um, listen to every episode, the people who listen to even the ones where I'm talking by myself, the people who just listen to the ones that are with a person that they enjoy listening to. (laughs) And those who absolutely have no clue who I am or what I'm talking about half the time because it's a little too inside baseball, but you still listen because you appreciate the overall message and the inspiration behind it. That's what's up. Shout out to all of those uh, areas, those people who listen from around the world. Sounds crazy to say around the world, but shout out to all of you. Um, what else? Is there anything else? Anything you'd like to say on the housekeeping portion? No? Nah. Shout out to, okay, here we go. Shout out to United States, Ireland, Russia, United Kingdom, Canada, Germany, South Africa, Belgium, Ghana. Appreciate y'all listening. And, uh, had to hurry up and pull them up. But that's it. Real church matters, man. And the obedience over what, Solomon? Audience. Obedience over audience. Absolutely. So, um, glad to have you here, Solomon. Glad to be here. All right. It's been a minute. Yeah, it has. When the last time we uh, did a podcast? Um, I'd say it was uh, a few months ago. It's maybe even longer. Really? Yeah. No, yeah. I think we did do one like this year. It seems like forever ago because yeah. of the whole COVID thing and all of that stuff. It's, cra- but it's crazy. I don't even remember what we talked about. Hopefully it was good. <laughs> but I wanted to have you on here and just talk to you a little bit about, I think this would be, once again, another beneficial one for um, young people your age. And I always want to document these progressions because it's important that other people have these conversations. I don't know if they're having these conversations with young people in their life. So sometimes I just want to document it 
so that you can always go back and listen. And then other people who need to have these conversations can at least listen to one and still suss some of the most important or nutritious things from it. And uh, one of the, the overall arching themes in our conversations lately has been about the future. Yes. And <laughs> kind of tell me what, what have we, we've been talking about as it relates to the future, bro? Um, that, uh, those years of, uh, being a child and having carefree, it's, it's going away and there's going to be more responsibilities for me. I'm going to have, uh, things that I got to focus on, take care of, got to learn how to manage my time because sooner or later life's going to, I'm going to have to be ready for life. I just got to prepare myself. Now, one of the things in, in those conversations, cause you said it very matter of factly, and I appreciate that you you know, also pulled a lot of the words that I actually said to you. So that's what's up. But tell me why, when we have those conversations, are they perplexing for you? Uh, it's because, uh, and they are right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I guess I think I, I want you to know that number one, before you go into it, number one, I'm not picking on you. When I when I'm asking you that, because those questions were perplexing to me at your age as well. And my response was the same as yours. So that you know what that tells me that me and you are not the anomaly (laughs) that tells me is that there's a whole lot of other kids who are still trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out and are overwhelmed at the idea of trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, let's take a second and just think about why do do you feel you've had those responses emotionally to these conversations? Um, I think it's because deep down, I want to I want to do right in terms of uh, in terms of uh, my future. I want to take the right steps and. And normally, I'm gonna be honest with myself. I'm not the I'm the type of person that doesn't like that doesn't put my 100 into things. But deep down, I want to be able to know, be able to take those steps confidently. And when I find myself at a stump, when I find myself at a, a failure, uh, around around failure, it gets uh, it gets anxious because because uh, all these talks that you've been giving me, it gives me one theme: is that time time is ticking. Yeah. And so that time of whenever I'm talking to you about urgency and time. You know, the tears start to well up, you get overwhelmed. So that's what I'm kind of talking about. Like, why is it that that's your response to that? What's going through your head at that moment? That I'm uh, I'm failing. I'm I'm failing myself that uh, that I'm holding myself back when the world is still going. The world isn't going to stop for me to let my tears flow and get me back in the swing of things. And it gets overwhelming because I know for a fact that, uh, why is it overwhelming? Yeah. It's overwhelming because, uh, with the way I look at it, it's, it's, it's just all the things like the future and what you guys been warning me about the world and what life's going to bring on me. It's that I feel like if I don't get things right, I'm going to, I'm going to fall into the same cycle. That I'm going to fall because you don't want me to do the same things that you did. And you see yourself in me. So I've got that perspective in a way that I I can't. Yeah, but you could easily hear that and be like, 
aye, aye, captain, and be ready to go. But your your response is fearful. And let me share with you because I don't want you to feel like I'm trying to get you to say something, <laughs> but I also feel like you're trying to give me what I'm asking. <laughs> like you're trying to guess as opposed to just sharing how you feel. So let me share with you how I felt. I never spent time thinking about my future. So whenever we're not familiar with something, we are we react to it negatively. So you think of white people, right? <laughs> you, <laughs> you see them being racist and then you hear about like Asians and how people are being kind of prejudiced and racist towards them. And they, there's a long history of that too, but there's all there's always going to be this interaction, this initial interaction, and in, with things we don't understand, we never embrace the unknown. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. we, we never open, welcome it with open arms. Like, hello, future. You know what I'm saying? Because it's unknown, and even though nobody's familiar with the unknown it tends to be that we are in positions where because we're unfamiliar with it, we have a negative response. And so whenever I had to think about my future, I put it off. It's like, I I just can't think about it. I just don't want to. Like I, I think about, and it gets to the point, I'm not even talking about the future as in like five years from now. I don't even talk about the future as in 10 years from now. I'm talking about it got to the point where it's like two days from now. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, just think about what I have to do two days from now elicits so much uh, fear, so much anxiety, so much un- unneeded negative response because I didn't know how to process what was coming in relation to some other things that we'll get into later, but. Just with that, does that sound familiar to you? Yes, it definitely does. And that's pretty much what I wanted to get your opinion on is tell me why you feel you have that same relationship with the future. Uh, I think it's because the future is kind of unknown. And when we really think about it, we don't really look at the positives a lot. We think of the unknown and the same way how racism is and how, you know, how people treat people that they don't know, we think about the potential, the the negatives, the the cons. We think about all of that stuff instead of thinking about the the positives. And it's more or less sometimes... Is, is potential a positive thing? Or is potential like just a... a it has no inherent specific thing of being good or evil the possible the potential of something is literally its possibilities yeah i think i think it doesn't really go towards good or it, bad it's neutral but when we we usually say potential we usually either say it like you In have potential yeah, or yeah. when we do it negative like this is has a potential of happening so yeah but but and i like the way you said that like we typically lean towards something being the potential of it being good until our relationship with the future, and then we only see it as its potential to go bad. Why do you think that is? Um, it could be like natural human nature, because I, I think it could be something like, like how way, way back then when 
people. We have to worry about like you know predators and stuff like that. We have to worry about our families in a in a, like a, a more prehistoric world. And, yeah, yeah. And especially in, a, in when we're also kind of hunted by other humans, mm. and we could think about what could this day bring if just something just happened to my family. Yeah. Or like in prehistoric times, what if some I don't know some saber tooth tiger just came? <laughs> in? We we gotta we always think about that stuff and try to prepare for it yeah but we don't really think about the the really the good things a lot until it's like one of our main focuses or it's so like in front of us dude that's the only way we can see the good is if it's like right in our face right right in front of our eyes i love that that you said that because it i think it is nature more than it is nurture i think it's inherently in us to have this kind of intuitiveness toward towards danger and to be cautious in that way. And I know some people may say like, well, yeah, but people, they do all types of stupid stuff. Don't they sense that it's wrong or that there's danger involved with it? It's like, yeah. But the only thing I think that primarily overrides fear is desire. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. It's really true. Yeah, but both of them are primal kind of functions of humanity. Yeah. But I think desire always rules over fear. And so even and interestingly with that, it's like the only time that I'm fearful of my future is when it is connected to something I don't desire. And so I realized just from me breaking down my life is that I don't desire work. (laughs) I don't know if anybody does per se, but. There are people who have a healthier relationship with work than other others. other people. And I think that um, part of what we can help people with and help ourselves with in this conversation is we need to understand that our relationship with the future can be helped when we have a better relationship with work. Because that's what we're dreading. Yeah. And we're dreading the potential nature of that work. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's not so much. I think the we limit ourselves or we dilute what we're going through when we say, well, I'm fearful of the future because I'm afraid of failure. No, what is happening is that it's not so much a fear of failure. That's the that's the logical progression of the thoughts that are already apprehensive about the work. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, Uh, Yeah, you're going to think about all the possibilities and be like, let's say something as simple as um, starting a business, right? Uh, Yeah, I could start a business. Can you see yourself doing it? No, I can't see myself doing it, but that sounds fun. You know what I'm saying? If that's a person's response, they, they see some type of interest in it, some type of desire in it then they'll start to reason how they can see themselves in it before they can see themselves in it. But when you are immediately met with the response of, that sounds like a lot of work, then the person's mind is going to always be working towards how they cannot see themselves doing it and all the things they can go wrong in doing it. Yeah. Because there's already this latent foundation of what? Work. Work. In our relationship with it. And so there's two scriptures that stood out to me about this because we are we are on a Christian podcast. And so 
we need to always stand on the principles of Christ in navigating any of these things, including this particular subject. Yeah. So the first scripture is the the Bible, Jesus tells them to be anxious for nothing. And I love that scripture because it lets me know a few things. Number one, anxiety is not uh, exclusive to force. (laughs) And so I want you to know, anxiety is not exclusive to Solomon. And those that are listening, anxiety is not exclusive to you. It is something that is a shared human experience. S-H-E. And I always am mindful of all the she's in my life. Shared human experiences. We have to understand that there's a process of there are things that you're going through that seems very individualistic to you. You know what I'm saying? But they aren't really are shared human experiences. And if we talked about them more, we would feel comfortable in understanding that I'm not the only one going through this. And so Jesus telling them, guys, don't be anxious for anything is really where we should start this conversation, bro. Because as a young man, you are going to feel anxiety. Anxiety isn't going away. It's a shared human experience. One of the things that we have to understand with shared human experiences, number one, is that everyone shares them. But number two, they are biological. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that Mm -hmm. make sense to you? Yeah, it's something that's kind of like ingrained in us. It's ingrained in us. It's in our DNA. Anybody who says they don't feel anxiety in some degree. Now, the measure or degree of anxiety is different in people. What causes anxiety is different for everybody. Some people would be anxious around dogs. Some people not. Some people anxious about work. Some people not. But more often than not, we come across a lot of young people, at least I have, that are anxious about their future. Not as it relates to things that they enjoy, but as it relates to things that will command something from them. Do you know what I'm saying? Will command effort, will command commitment, will command uh, work, will command effort. Effort. Did I say effort already? I don't think you said effort. That will command all of those things. Do you know what I'm saying? When it it calls for us to be something that we are not either at a great degree or not at all at this present moment. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I need to be better than I am. And when you tell me about a future that demands that I'm better than I am, then I'm like, how will I ever be better? Than I am <laughs> because right now I am. And this is the other killer too, bro. I am who I am and I'm quite okay with it. Do you say? Cause that's the thing is even as a 15 year old, you like uncle Forrest is telling you all the things that are wrong with you. Part of the reason why it's so disheartening is because you <laughs> don't see those things as wrong. It's like, What are you talking about? I've been this way my whole life. So you're telling me that I'm wrong? No, what I'm telling you is that there are things, habits that you've picked up. Um, Things that we do habitually that we mistake as character. I don't like when people put those things on us like character. I don't like when people say, uh, you know, force he's lazy. It's it's something that we, we pick up. Yeah, it's not my character. It's not nature, it's nurture. It's nurture, you get what I'm saying? It's how I've gone about things. What is nature is 
things like anxiety, how I respond to things in, in, in an emotional way. But my actions, my actions are can be changed at any moment. You know what I'm saying? That's not who I am. And if it is who I am, it's something that I can change. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, what did it say? Good comp- bad company corrupts good character. So there's certain character issues that we have that can be attributed to our environment. Right? Right. That's why I try to spend as much time with you and uh, my nieces and nephews because I, I'm trying to create an environment in which you challenge yourself in your character. Because if you're just around people who never challenge your character, you stay the same. That's bad company. Yeah. And bad company isn't just the kids who cuss, uh, you know, do the latest dances. Yeah. You know, all of that stuff. Yeah. Bad company is anybody who isn't challenging us to move forward to perfection. Like Paul said, he said, come, let us move towards what? Perfection. Perfection. The, the, the impetus is on moving in the direction of perfection, not being perfect. You know what I'm saying? Just because Steph Curry can shoot from anywhere on the field doesn't mean he's never going to miss. Right? Right. He just put himself in a position where if I had to choose who's going to take that shot, I'd rather be him. Why? Because he's good at it. Because he's good. That means he's going to make more than he what? Misses. Yeah. Yeah. And even if he have a night where all he do is miss, I'm still going to give it to him the next night. Why? Because he... Because he makes it a lot. He makes it a lot. <laughs> Even in those times where, like, he misses it a lot. He misses it in those games. That's not every game, though. It's not every game. There's, like, there's 82, 82 games in an NBA season. 82 games in the NBA season, 62 this year, but 82 in a typical season, yeah. right? It, so it puts us in a position where why don't we move like that? Why is it that after I miss once, I'm like, I suck. Why is it that just because there's imperfections in my character today that I feel like this is the concrete is dried and this is who I am? You know, it's because we don't look to move to move forward. We don't look to move forward. Why? Because forward is scary. You know, there's a saying I know if you ever heard this saying, but it says the devil, you know, is better than the devil. You don't. You ever heard that before? Oh, no, I have. <laughs> I have not heard that one before. It's the same. Does it make sense to you? Yes, it does. What do, what do you feel like it means? To you? It's better to have an evil, uh, a, a negative that you you already know completely of, the, neg- the negative that you don't know anything about. Right, because even the consequences to the negative that you know seem like is better than the consequences that you don't know. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I know the worst that can happen to me with this is. This, this, and this, but that I'm not going to do it because I don't know exactly what comes with that. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And so there's a reality that just because it's familiar to us, we will lean more towards it. Do you get what I'm saying? But but I don't even like when people do that to me. I don't like when they're familiar with me being a certain way, so they lock me into it. That sucks. Yeah. Don't lock me into that. No. Yeah, I am a procrastinator. Even as at 40 years old, bro, like I struggle with procrastination. I wait till the last minute on a lot of stuff. I'm trying to get better about it. Why? Because better is good. And better is a part of our life. And we should always be striving towards what? 
Perfection. Perfection. Better. I'm not going to settle in that. So I don't want nobody else to settle in it. I don't care if you saw me do something every single day for 40 years. You should be challenging me. that That's not just who force is. And I may have seen you do things for whole 15 whole years, bro. As you move into 16. Right. In a few months. Right. Yeah. Three months. 16 years old. Yeah. As we move into 16 years, there may be things that I've seen, habits that you've built. I'm not going to let you settle in them and say, that's just who Solomon is. Because that Solomon will not prepare him for the Solomon he needs to be. And life is about is a gradient. You know what that means? Gradient. I, I mostly associate gradient with like color. Uh, exactly. Gradient is the, the natural or the smooth progression from one color to the what? The next. The next. Life is a gradient. We don't turn good. We become good. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not a sharp transition. You don't go from white to black. You don't. I don't care what people are going <laughs> through, bro. They don't turn from white to black. There's no transformation in that way. We don't transform in that way. We we metamorphosize. I know that sounds like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but no, I know what metamorphosize means. We literally we there's a a progression, a mode of transformation. We don't just immediately become something. We are it takes time to become it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like yeah. it takes time for the caterpillar to sit in the cocoon to become the butterfly. Solomon's not just going to be a boy and then turn into a man. It's a whole process. It's a process. Welcome to the process. You're in it right now. Knee deep in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When we talk about the process, why is it that guys like me and you get overwhelmed by it? Uh, It's because in those times of like metamorphosis, there are things that we just don't know a caterpillar doesn't know what it's going to be like being stuck in a cocoon having to go into a comatose state and then <laughs> having to come out a completely different being it talk about it yeah <laughs> it doesn't know that it doesn't but know it. it goes on because it, it's built genetically to do that it's it's built to do that but humans we we don't we aren't like that we aren't we're built to obviously progress but we can't control we can like control that we can become stagnant if we want yes to. yes we literally are prisoners of our purpose. We are prisoners of our free will. Literally, the fact that we have free will at many times in our lives hampers our growth. Yeah. So literally, not every caterpillar wants to get in the cocoon, but he doesn't have a will. Do you get what I'm saying? He doesn't have a will. The only thing that's there is survival. only thing that's there is survival and it's ingrained in them because that's the way animals were created. It's ingrained in them. You know what I mean? Like right. f- for us, we have this gift and this curse. <laughs> we have decisions. We have a free will, man. Decisions. It sucks because at any point in the process, we can cut ourselves out the cocoon. <laughs> yeah. That sucks, man. You want to know why it sucks? Because literally, this is the crazy part. You said that like the caterpillar being in a comatose state, but it goes a little deeper than that. Like they literally turn into goo. Like they're in that cocoon there. They, they, they literally break down before they build up. 
to like if you open up the cocoon before time, it's good. So like there's these there's this regression before there's this progression. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And literally this this tear down before it's there this there's this build up. Okay, and one weird thing. No, no, oh, no. Go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go uh, I'm a, I like anime. I'm a Dragon Ball fan. And one thing, you know, Saiyans, right? Their whole thing is that every time they get near death, when they come back, they get much stronger. It's like a multiplier. And it's it's weird. Cause it's so weird because that's what allows Goku to be, like, so strong. Because all <laughs> of his life, you know, he's getting hurt and coming back up again. It's that breaking down before your body comes back up and yeah, ascends yeah. that. And it, it, it works in, like, many ways that it could be possible for us humans. It's kind of like caterpillars. They have to break themselves down before having to build themselves up and becoming something even better. Yeah, and they never have to know why. You know what I'm saying? The caterpillar doesn't stop and say, why do I need to be better? I feel like I'm cool as a caterpillar. You know what I'm saying? Like, caterpillar positivity. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally with it. Like, I like who I am. That's the problem with liking who you are. That's the problem with the the emphasis and the focus on self-esteem in that way. Like to esteem yourself higher than the process is sick. Yeah. Because you should esteem the process higher than you. Because especially, especially when it's effective. Because it's effective. Now, the thing is, is. We don't always see its effectiveness because what we're trying to affect is different than what change affects. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like literally me telling you that you need to study more or you need to build a craft and skill in those ways it is effectual to the future more than it is to the present. Right. It is reductive to the present. Why? Because the modus operandi for most humans, I'm not even, I shouldn't generalize or in that way, I shouldn't limit my generalization. I should be more general. The, the modus operandi for humanity is self-preservation and stimulant. Not only do I want to stay alive, I want to feel alive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like nobody wants to stay alive to just endure work pain. We want to feel pleasure. We want to be we want to feel happy. We want to be stimulated in a positive way. No one wants to the minute you say you see somebody sad, it's because they're not being stimulated in a positive way. So when you talk to somebody and say, How's your day? You know, even when I just asked you. What did you say? I said I can't complain. You said complain. You remarked about what? Uh, the day being perfect. The day being perfect. Why? Because as we're sitting here, there's a sun beaming through the window. The temperature is a very mild 77 degrees. <laughs> it is the perfect day, not just for sitting around and taking it all in. It's the perfect day to get in your car, drop the top. Go drive. It's a perfect day for a nice ice cold sweet tea on a porch. It's a perfect day to go shoot some basketball. It's the perfect day for a lot of stuff. Yeah. The people are out and about. People getting their vaccinations. They getting big vax out here. People are really enjoying themselves. And literally, we're getting to a point where that's what we live for. When people even say, bro, like, I can't wait to get back to normalcy. You think they talking about going to work? 
Oh, talking about <laughs> <laughs> talking about getting back to doing the thing they enjoy. When people talk about normalcy, you think they talk about going back to church? No, no. I'm gonna tell you something. You are gonna see an influx of people in the restaurants before you see an influx of people in the churches. Why? Because going to church. Especially when it means being a Christian, it it involves work. Yes. And if you see people that uh, enjoy going to church, it's only because that church stimulates them in a very human, fleshly way. Why? Because outside of that, what's the purpose of church? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, as a 15-year-old, do you want to go to church? Um, I'm going to be honest, no. I, I always want you to be honest, sir. That's why I asked you. And I already knew the answer because I was 15 before and we have she's. We have shared human experiences. experiences. No, we do not see the purpose of church. We do not see the enjoyment of it. As an adult, as a 40-year-old minister, I'm not going to listen to you. Even if you said, I enjoy going to church, I'm going to say, stop it. I'm going to say, stop that. You're lying. You want to know why? Because... You're not going to enjoy it. And if you do, it's only because there's something aspect of church that stimulates. This stimulates you. So when I ran the youth ministry, we had stuff for the kids to do. They killed. They enjoy church. They didn't enjoy church, though. They enjoyed activities at church. Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? There's a difference. What church is supposed to be is a body of believers that are constantly edifying one another towards the work and the ministry and the understanding of who God is and that we emulate him from the root of of his beginnings to his death on the cross and his resurrection. We're supposed to emulate every part of his life. That involves what, sir? Work. And work is not stimulating. No, even when they tell you, uh, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Lies. (laughs) Work is always work. Now, if you love what you do, that's fine, but you'll never love the work. No. You know what I have realized? I love it so much. I don't mind the work. Never love the work, though. There's certain aspects of making music that's work to people. It's not work to me. I love the process. Yeah. It's... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, there's. we just talked about that. I think you're an excellent writer. I think you can write books and books and books. So if you start now at 15 going on 16, I think by 40 years old, you'll be an accomplished author on a plethora of topics. Just kind of challenging people's thoughts on things. Yeah. I think that you can do that. I think that you can be profoundly effective in this world. And I think you would enjoy being profoundly effective. But how do we juxtapose our profound enjoyment of the purpose, but our lack of enjoyment of the process? Because <laughs> before you can sit at a book release and hear all the people who are so profoundly moved by your book, you have to move yourself to write it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I'm saying? And you're not alone. 
everything that I do. I keep people keep telling me, "Hey, when you can put music out?" It's, it's like putting the music out is fun, but making the music is a process, and you have to have a healthy relationship with both parts in order for you to see a true impact in this world. You have to embrace purpose and you have to embrace process. And animals have it easy because they are created for a purpose. It's never up to them to embrace it. It's ingrained in them. For humans, we must embrace it. Though. Let's embrace this process. We must walk through it with a full engagement and desire. Because the minute we stop, our process, we no longer fulfill our what? Purpose. The whole purpose of a caterpillar is to be a butterfly. The reason they're eating is for that purpose. Everything they do has intention in that way. We got to get to that as humans. That everything we do has intention. You know what I'm saying? We, we're so caught up in literally we'll do things with no intention. Literally, I never understood people who go fishing just to catch the fish and release it. You notice people that do that, right? Yeah, I know. It's just catch and release fishing. I'm just here for the fun. Here for the fun, the family, the fellowship. Yeah, it's all cute. I'm here for the fish. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, Christians, they're there for the fun, the family, the fellowship, but they're not here for the fish. The Bible tells us we're supposed to be fishers of men. So you're here for the praise and worship. You're here for the good word. You're here for the shouting. You're here for the camaraderie and the familiarity and the fellowship and the culture, the black culture, black church culture. But you're not here for the fish. You're sitting with your families. You talk with your nieces and nephews, your uncles, your cousins, your aunts, your aunties, your uncles. You're talking with these people, but you're not here for the fish. You, you you know what I'm saying? Like, we just sat yeah. and went out to eat, right? Right. You think I'm there just for the fellowship? <laughs> think I'm there to earn uncle of the year? No, you ain't there to eat. I'm there to fish. <laughs> he said, you, I'm there to eat. No. See, that's you trying to assume my character. No. <laughs> no, you got to challenge me to be who I'm supposed to be, not who I am. <laughs> I'm not there to eat I'm there to fish The time I spend with you I'm fishing What am I fishing for Saul? Uh, Fishing for Progress Absolutely I was hoping you would say that I was hoping you wouldn't minimize it to You're fishing for souls Uncle <laughs> <laughs> No we're not fishing for souls We're fishing for growth We're trying to turn Men into men of God Trying to turn boys into men of God, right? Trying to turn children of God into soldiers of God. We're trying to we trying to grow people. We're not trying to play church here. We're trying to build people. If we're not building you, what we doing? Just leaving me stagnant. Because the only thing that if we said we literally say in the process of growth for humans, the only enemy really is will. See, the process of growth for animals, the enemy is a lot of things. Predators, right? Right. Diseases. Diseases, environment. Famine. Famine. All of these things influence negatively, influence progress. The 
only thing they can do is survive. It's the only thing that's on, only thing that's ever on their mind. Their hope for survival is just to give themselves time to what progress. That's not humans. Humans don't want to survive to progress. They want to survive to enjoy. For pleasure. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. And, and this is just challenging you. And and I think that one day when I'm dead and gone and you're in a flying car and your um, cybernetic child is sitting beside you, <laughs> you can play this for them. You know what I'm saying? And, and tell them it's like everything you feeling about the future is a shared human experience. And you can feel comfort in knowing as ang- as anxious as you are of the future, your uncle was 50 times over. Why? Because I didn't even know half the things you know. Can you imagine living in a world where there's no internet? I did. The only thing you knew was in a book. They used to have this saying, if you want to hide something from a black person, put it in a book. You know, it's crazy because yeah. guess what? It was right, too. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things I didn't know because I never read. I was an avid reader in one regard. I read what I enjoy reading. Like you. The problem with only reading what you enjoy is that you will be a limited human because you are only limited by your pleasures. The same way a man can say that he's a woman or that he's gay and has attractions like a woman because he is defining himself by his desire. And humans are the only culture, the only species, I should say, that does this. Every other species operates according to its design, not its desire. Normally, in times where they do act like this, it's only for survival. It's only for survival. It's only for an understanding. Like when you talk about seahorses <laughs> taking on a role, the, the male takes on the role of raising the children and stuff. That's design. That's not desire. That's design. Anything you see in, in nature that happens, it's design. One thing you don't see in nature is any type of animals is having sex with males. If you do, it, it, it be not. That's not designed. It's 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 another thing that's wrong with them. <laughs> like the dogs, you see another a male dog hump another male dog. It's like, but his intention isn't. I like male dogs. He just ain't take the time to figure out what's going on. He just <laughs> it's like when they Wait, hump your leg. This isn't a female. What? Yeah, I know, right? Oh, we gotta do this. Let's make sure. Jesus after dark. <laughs> <laughs> but you you get the reality of that is is that we need to base our lives based on design, not desire. You, I don't even want you making. Decisions based on uh, of what you'll do in life based on whether you like doing it. That's limiting. Right? Right. I want you to do it based on your design. There's certain. That's why I'm careful about the difference between interest and likes and likes or interest and desire. Do you know what I'm saying? You desire to play video games, right? Right. But you don't. You're not interested in. Creating video games. Right. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot of people who mistake that. They don't understand the difference between desire and interest. Desire is all about consumption. Interest is about production. Right? Right. <laughs> what is that? It was a yawn. It was at the, the, the end. They of don't yawn. yawn on me because <laughs> yawns are like synonymous with boredom. I'm not He's bored. Like, <laughs> you're right, Uncle Forrest. Um, uh, what did, what are we saying again? How long is this podcast? I've been paying attention. No, you're you have been killing it, bro. And I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so I didn't even get this is the rabbit hole, but but before. You got to always tie up your loose ends as we about to close out the second scripture. Cause I didn't even get, I, I just did the first one. The second scripture was is that man must work by the sweat of his brow. It's part of our design, not in a biological way, but in a purposed way. It's part of our punishment. This is now a part of our design. That's not the way God initially intentionally designed us, but that's the way our design, the path our design took us to. Thanks to Adam and Eve, he's like, man shall work by the sweat of his brow. He'll till the land. He'll have to work to produce things. Do you get what I'm saying? So when we have a unhealthy relationship with work, whatever work and work takes on different forms, effort takes on different forms. It used to be a time where work for black people meant what, Solomon? Mm, uh, picking cotton. Meant picking cotton, till dealing in some type of agriculture, right? We became right. people of agriculture through our servitude. Yeah. So even after we were done being slaves, there, a great majority of uh, black people became what? Uh, farmers. Farmers. So when we look at a, a George Washington Carver and we say, man... That guy really loved the peanut. Well, at one point, he probably didn't love the peanut and was relegated to picking what? Peanuts. Peanuts. We became people of agriculture through this time. And so um, our professions begin to change as we begin to have more latitude to engage in things that we were interested in. And so then you start hearing of Jackie Robinson's and. Yeah, Mary McLeod Bethune's and Madam C.J. Walker's and people of all uh, Charles Drew, people of all walks of life doing all types of things, all because they had interest in it. You know what I'm saying? Right. What fuels you must be interest. You have to understand that not everybody can go and grab a scalpel and could perform surgery. It's got to be an interest. It has to be an interest of some regard to, to invest that much hours how much time has to be an interest. Don't need to love it. Do you know what I'm saying? No doctor enjoys every aspect or finds it desirable. He doesn't look forward to it. Like, yes, I cannot wait to work a 24-hour day with no sleep and barely seeing my family. But he has an interest and he understands that part of the process is a part of the purpose. Right. And so we have to have a better f- relationship with work because work is a part of us even when you 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 hear there's a culture that talks about retiring for those who believe in God there's a part of us that is understanding that work we will always have a relationship with work 
So you might retire from a job, but you're not retiring from work. Our retirement from work is what? Death. Amen. And that's a part of the process. The second thing as we close out is we must have a better relationship with work. And you know, all these things get better relationships as we get a better relationship with God. Because our relationship with God is founded through our wisdom. Not through our ability to not do things. Yeah. Hey, I'm a Christian. Why are you a Christian? Because I don't cuss no more. <laughs> Why are you a Christian? I'm a Christian because I don't have sex outside of marriage. Yeah, well, I know a lot of people that's having sex in a marriage. And they have no wisdom. And so their marriage isn't reflective and doesn't bear the fruits that wisdom can bear. So, yeah, they are having sex in the confines of marriage, but they ain't having much else. (laughs) Do you understand? Right. And God didn't create us to just be beast of burden where we get to just be told what to do and what not to do. I believe that we were called to something great. I believe that the possibilities are endless, where for a caterpillar, the possibility is a butterfly. Possibilities are endless for you. What you will become will be like nothing anyone else has become. Though it bears bears the resemblances of many other people, it will be unique to you. The only enemy to that is myself. It's you. This was a cool podcast, bro. It really was. And I found we found a way to have this conversation uh, in a way that didn't cause you to be perplexed. Yeah. It's all, <laughs> it's all clear now. <laughs> but but I enjoyed it and I hopefully other people enjoyed it. And I would challenge you as a young man moving to 16 years old that you would find ways to challenge other people. And other young people. Most notably, without making it too deep, I want you to challenge your siblings. Even at their ages, find a way to articulate this stuff for them. Challenge them in their relationship with work, in their relationship with purpose. Challenge them in their understanding of design and desire. Real Church Matters Podcast. I'm Forrest Hall. This is episode 171. We're going to call this... What are we going to call it? I don't know. But I love y'all. Hope y'all love me too. How about purpose, process, and progress? Done.